0: I really am a big fan of just salting your food, just that pink Himalayan sea salt, Um, organic is always better, sprinkle that on your food the entire week, that'll get your salt levels up and then you won't have to worry as much in the race when you're sweating and losing salt because a lot of races this time of the year are really hot. Welcome to the Beck and Siri show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run, it's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey came Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the live chat, Vic takes us through race day preparation and nutrition. Uh, this is an area where a lot of athletes work really hard building up to the race and then make some simple mistakes. So it's worth a listen and I hope you enjoy it. Hello everybody! I am a little early. Yes, I am in Australia. Excuse my hair. i um, been hanging out with two three-year-old twins, my nieces, for the last couple of days. And it has been so much fun. So I'm welcoming you from Australia. Wifey Siri has gone home to Colorado. She's just gotten there. So I am going live because I did not want to miss out on giving some advice to our fellow Aussies here. And it's going to be mayhem when my nieces arrive in about half an hour. So I wanted to go live and hope that a couple of Aussies, although I'm early, will join in. And Jenny Mann just joined. So hi, Jenny Mann. How are you? I've just sent Jenny some F2C uh, greens, farmer greens and she's gonna give them a try she's got three different flavors so Jen we would love some feedback on that Um, I think the biggest thing for the greens for me is alkalizing the blood and you know that you cannot um, you know bad cells like cancer can't reproduce and can't occur when we're alkaline so that's really one great way to alkaline um, to alkaline the body it's alkalinity is where we should all be at to stay healthy so as I said like fasting and autophagy where you clean your body cells which happens after you know 12 to 16 hours of no food which is like inter- intermittent fasting that causes autophagy to clean the body out and can reset it and i do that actually three or four times a week where i fast for like 16 hours at a time but one thing i add to that is um the alkalizing um supplement which is the pharma greens from f2c it's not just an alkalizing supplement but i, I use it for that but it has everything you need in it it has all your greens your spirulina is everything it's amazing um it's a great way to reset uh the body and it's really good for cleansing getting rid of all the yucky stuff so i love our f2c nutrition and jen let us know how you go with that so i know there's not gonna be many people joining today because i'm doing this from australia and it's like 1 a.m back in the State. So I'll do some quick bookkeeping because I probably only have about 15 minutes today. It's gonna to be a short one. Um, got two crazy three-year-old twin nieces coming in the door any minute. So who knows, we may be able to even get them on the podcast, on the um, live chat, sorry. So I wanted to welcome Alexandra Wilsberg and Kira Fagna. They're both from Europe and they'll be training under Avon, which is very, very exciting. And sorry, Sonia Verhaj as well. So, two of those girls are going to be training under Avon as her one on one athletes. So that's really exciting for Avonzi. She's doing amazing. She has a squad of about 15 athletes now. Um, so, welcome Sonia Verhaj, Kira Fanya, and Alexandra Wilsberg. Kira, I know I botched your name. It's F A E G E. F A E N G E R, so I think it's FANYA, so please correct me on that pronunciation. So, anyway, today's live chat, uh, we are talking about race uh, preparation, um, race day preparation, and nutrition. So, I'm going to get straight into that. I know there's probably going to be some questions, so please let me know if you have anything at all. But basically, um, I think the key thing here for racing, especially for Ironman, which I'll touch on more, is nutrition and carb loading and salt loading. And the hotter it is, the more you need to use salt during the week, people forget that. So I think drinking electrolyte is okay, but sometimes you can actually have too much and then it causes your body to get rid of its natural electrolyte levels. So I really am a big fan of just salting your food. Just that pink Himalayan sea salt, um, organic is always better. Sprinkle that on your food the entire week, that'll get your salt levels up and then you won't have to worry as much in the race when you're sweating and losing salt. Cause a lot of races this time of the year are really hot. So most people have about 500 milligrams of salt an hour. They get away with that. Some people sweat higher. One of my athletes just had a sweat test and she loses 1,300 milligrams um, an hour, which is a lot. That's going to be like three salt tablets. But if you try and get that through with something like Gatorade, you're going to need a lot more to make up for the 1,300 milligrams. So yeah be mindful of that guys because a lot of us sweat more and lose a lot more salt the sweat tests are good but in saying that the sweat tests are going to be done at specific temperatures so you can always be losing more salt at a hotter temperature and less salt at a lower temperature so i always go off about 500 to thousand milligrams an hour Not too much, not too little is on par for an average body weight of sort of 120 to, say, 160. And then it will go up a little bit depending on your body weight and your sweat rate. So, And sometimes you don't need salt at all for a half Ironman in not not hot conditions. But in Ironman, you're always going to be losing salt no matter whether you're sweating or not. So it's always good to... You can almost get away in cold conditions in Ironman of like in the 60s or 70s or below sort of 20 degrees you may get away of not having any salt but in saying that I would still I would still bring the salt tablets with you and make sure you've salted your food all the way through that's a big thing these days that people often forget is the salt so salt your food and that will be less likely for you to have those issues on race day but always bring salt with you the salt sticks great um, and you also want to be having your, obviously your electrolyte and water every hour. So let's move to the carb loading first before I talk about race day nutrition. So carb loading normally for me on a Sunday would have started on a Thursday and you add like a fistful of carbohydrate this much um, with almost every meal that you can. And the only thing is you've got to remember that you will feel heavy because for every gram of carbs, you're going to store a gram of water. It needs to be stored with a gram of water. So if you're having 60 grams of carbohydrate, um, a, a day or 100 grams of carbohydrate a day you're gonna be having a hundred um, grams of, or 100 mils so a 100 grams of water So you're gonna probably put on I would say up to two kilos before the race just of the soaring the glycogen in your muscles So just don't be worried if you put on weight. You should not be weighing yourself race week anyway So don't freak out guys. So just be mindful that you will feel heavy But as soon as you get a couple of hours into the race, it's all gonna be gone so you will feel a little. I always felt like Michelin Man at the race start. So I started carb loading on like the Thursday night. I'd have a small amount of carbs, like a cup of rice. Um, always use the the low G, the low uh, glycemic index rice because it's um it's much better. It's absorbed slowly, so it's not stored it's stored better and it's not released quickly, which we don't want three or four days out. You you want to have that the white rice sort of the day before. Um. And then the Friday, the same thing, a little bit of carbs for breakfast. We're talking this for Ironman guys, half Ironman is a little different. Friday morning, you want some carbohydrate. Friday lunchtime, Friday dinner, you can really never eat too much. Just make sure you have like, I would say almost a fistful. Each meal if you can um, and then same thing Saturday morning Saturday lunch now Saturday lunch for a Sunday race I would have my most amount of carbs and Saturday morning I would have like a mid-morning big meal and then at dinner time I actually used to back off and have a little bit of protein a little bit of fat so I'll have good oils um, avocados and chicken and just a little bit of carbs you don't need to really have that high amount of carbs um, the night before the race because that would Generally, it should be all done by then. So, keep your fluid up. Keep your salt up from the entire week. Keep your Himalayan pink sea salt going on all your food. Um, small amounts of electrolyte. Your training's load is going to be a lot less, so you don't need the. Uh, you know, you don't need five or six liters of Gatorade a day. That's just that actually can flush the electrolytes out, which isn't good. So I would be having water. And I don't love the Noon tablets, to be honest. Um, I'm not a fan of that. I, I know people that have GI issues with that, but some people really love it. So if you're used to that, have those. It's no calories either. And um, otherwise, I would just be having like a small amount of electrolyte. The um, I think it's called Glyco. Someone help me with that. Jenny, you might know. <laughs> glyco Endurance. Um, that's the F2C um, electrolyte. It's really, really good. It has high osmolality. Um, and Janet, hello. How are you? Um, is really really good too so um, any of the F2C remember you guys we get free consultations with them so if you're loving the F2C products or you're not having you having GI issues or problems with nutrition always know that Greg Cowan and uh, Glenda his wife are really great with helping us with that stuff and how much and always remember too, every person needs to remember that one gram of carbs per kilo of body weight per hour is about what you would have for a half and a full distance uh, Ironman so for the half distance I used to tend to start carb loading on just the Friday before like Friday night and uh, Saturday lunchtime and you don't need to go overboard because um, there's only four hours but mind you those guys that can take six or seven you've got to think that's almost a full Ironman distance for someone like me who took eight or, uh, eight or nine for an Ironman so um, you probably would want to start carb loading very similar to an Ironman for uh, prep, as I just discussed on the Thursday, uh, if you're going to be taking six, seven hours for a half. Um, okay, so race day, one gram of carbs per kilo of body weight per hour um, is the goal, and you obviously practice that in training, and people still forget that you've got to have that water with it, even with good products like F2C that has high molality the highest out of any other product, which means it's absorbed really quickly into the bloodstream, um, I, you still need to have 10, uh, for every 10 grams of carbs, in 100 mils of water. And I would break it up. Don't go and have 60 grams of carbs straight away and shove in 600 mils of water. That'll be really hard to absorb 60 grams in one go. So I always break it up on 60 kilos. I'd have 20 grams every 20 minutes over the hour, which would equal 60 grams. And don't forget the swim's an hour usually for most people. So you've got to try and get that 100 grams in from the swim very, very quickly. Sorry, that's 60 grams. If you're 60 kilos in for that first hour out of the swim, you've got to get that in really quickly. It's very hard, people forget to add in that hour swim. And so I try to get that in straight away at the start of the bike and all my nutrition in by about, if it's a five hour bike ride for me, I used to try and get it all in within the four hour period. And it started to back off the last hour. So I wasn't like juggling around a lot of food in my stomach, trying to digest it for the run, because it's a lot harder to get food in for the run, as you all know. And the run's more about topping up. You may not be able to get one gram of carb per kilo of body weight per hour in the run. People can struggle with that, but uh, you want to at least be getting half that, so at least half a gram per kilo of body weight per hour. So for me, 60 kilos, I was trying to get at least 30 grams. In per hour i actually did pretty well I used to get close to 60 and if you can't do that you're really going to start to really fatigue like the first 10 after the first 10k because your body can only go so far without fuel and i think fueling i've realized is something that people really really sort of neglect and it's something that people really need to work on and it's also there doesn't seem to be a lot of knowledge out there on fueling you can do the most incredible training of your life and everything can be done on Undone with your with poor fueling. So, we can even touch on that more. Mary Carmen is amazing with this stuff, but I think as a good guide is one gram of carbs per kilo of body weight per hour. I don't go by calories. I always like to go by carbs because everybody knows their body weight. And remember, it's per gram for a kilo of body weight. So it's in kilograms. Your weight you got to convert your weight to kilograms. All the Aussies that are on they'll get that. So if you're in pounds, 130 pounds is about 60 kilos. So do that conversion, guys. Okie dokie. And the salt. Don't forget, you want at least 500 milligrams an hour in anything over about 20 degrees or anything over about, I'd say 75, 80, you definitely would need extra salt. Um Jenny's asking, do you recommend solids? Yes, I think it's all personal preference. I have athletes, I don't I don't personally recommend all liquid. I think your body needs some solids in it. That's how I worked. I always use solids and liquid. So I used to use a product because F2C wasn't around then called Carbo Pro. And that was a pure carbohydrate, um, easily absorbed. And I would have all my nutrition in my Carbo pro. So I'd have 2000 calories or um, enough carbs for the bike, which was about say 300 to 350 grams of carbs in a bottle. And I'd mark it out in five hour sections. So it was a see-through bottle marked out every hour. And I knew that every hour I had to have a fifth of the bottle with water. It was a very thick concentration, but does make it a little hard to measure exact. You kind of want to be as specific as you can with how much you're getting in, because trying to get in 60 grams in just 10, 20 minutes is way too much. You really want to be specific with getting about 20 grams in every 20 minutes, if you're around um, 60 kilos. I'm going off 60 just for a round number. If you're 100 kilos, it's obviously 100, then you're going to have to have 25 grams every 25 minutes to get to 100 per hour. Um, wait, that's not right. You're going to have to have more than that. you have about to 33 grams <laughs> every 20 minutes. Um, I liked solids too. I liked having bars on the bike, and um sometimes banana, and I uh, carry that in my back pocket. It's much harder to carry solid food though. So the great thing you can use are those goo chomps. The little goo—I forget they're called—but they're like a goo packet. They're like a candy, and I think three of those is 25 grams of carbs. Um, something like that, or two might be 25 grams of carbs. So that's equal to one gel um gels didn't sit great for me i'd rather save the gels for the run because having gels the entire bike and run is very thick and it's hard to absorb it i didn't love that so i always had my solids on the bike gen and some liquid as well i have all my nutrition in one bottle just in case i dropped all my solids and couldn't get anything there's always nutrition on the course too but um i'd always have all my carbs in one bottle in case I couldn't get any solids in but I'd always carry a couple of bars with me Um, the goo chomps um, they were great they're really good and they're absorbed pretty quick you can chew them pretty quickly, um, and it is hard to breathe and swallow at the same time. So, um, I used to have trouble trying to eat, especially in the run, it's very hard to eat solid. Um, I'd bring jelly beans, and the jelly beans from the pharmacies here in Australia are amazing. They're really the glucogels, they're amazing because some of them also contain electrolyte as well. You can get glucose jelly beans with electrolyte in them, which are brilliant. I don't know the name of the brand, but The pharmacy, just the um, jelly beans, the little colored ones are great because you only need three for 25 grams of carb. Boom, straight into the, it's high sugar, straight into the bloodstream. So they're actually really good. I used to use them and this may sound crazy, but I actually chocolate, I ate chocolate bars the entire run of Roth when I ran a 255. When, in nine, when we got the world record, Chrissy Wellington and I, we actually ate chocolates and it's still carbs and sugar and fat and protein so I don't know I, I, I don't really highly recommend that it worked on that day for me um, and remember too when you're getting a little like say this is a huge cup but we get the little cups you probably get about 100 mils in there you're probably only getting about 10 grams of carb with uh, with an electrolyte cup so it's not a lot um, you need to be having at least three at least six of those sorry cups from the aid stations if you're just doing fluid and that's kind of hard to get in and uh, you don't always, you're not always able to grab um, stuff at every aid station, although I would recommend for, for, especially for, you know, towards the end of the marathon, I would be stopping if I was a newbie and not that experienced, stopping at every single aid station, getting water and a Gatorade at every single one, because you really can't overhydrate if you're just doing that small cup, um, and especially for the more experienced ones towards the end, the last, the last half of the run, I always made sure I stopped at every single aid station. When it's hot, I, no matter what, stopped at every aid station. I just ran through it slowly, made sure I got water and electrolyte at every single one because those cups honestly don't hold much, um what about something in pocket yes so i used to actually have in case i was bonking so jen's asking about bonking so at about um the special needs i would have for the bike i'd have extras of everything i would have um a whole extra bottle of the carbs they would last the whole race i'd have chocolate bar um and i'd have some sort of um, um hard solid bar as well um and a coke in case i was bonking and in kona the years that i did really well we're allowed to put um, I, I, we had aid station support on every single aid station I had put cokes on almost every single one for the last 12k and that worked fantastic it's just high sugar and you sometimes just felt like a coke rather than water or electrolyte. so I think this sounds crazy and I know Chris McCormack Crowe used to do it um, Craig Alexander the world previous world champions or several time world champions those Aussie guys my heroes they used to have cokes at the aid station too and they would sometimes have Red Bull I'd be very careful with Red Bull because it's high caffeine and a lot of the gels. Um, I did use gels with caffeine in them. I used to use the High 5 caffeine gels just for the run. I did not use CarboPro for the run. And the High 5 caffeine meant that you were having quite a lot of caffeine for the run. And then with the Red Bull on top of that, that can be quite dangerous for the heart. So I would not recommend Red Bull. I would say bring a Coke. Frozen Coke can be great if you can freeze it the night before and have any special needs on the bike and the run. Um, and people talk about you know spiking your <laughs> spiking your glucose levels and don't do that with the caffeine either. Don't spike your caffeine levels like too early. But it's actually by that time in a race when your blood glucose is skyrocket, it really I don't think makes much of a difference unless you've never had caffeine. I would, um, yeah, I think it's actually a good thing. So I think Coca Cola um, is a great one. Sugar, it's high calories as well. Like a can of Coke has like. 30 grams of sugar so even a small one would be like gosh at least 15 20 grams of sugar in there which is a lot like it's i think there's actually six to 10 teaspoons in one Coke. it's a lot so you're getting your calories and your carbs in so that's that's my recommendation um so i think for fueling that probably tops everything else off you guys unless you have any more questions um, i'm gonna go to some more race day tips i'm gonna have a sip of my coffee right now No, guys, it's not bulletproof coffee. It's just regular, actually, Nescafe instant, which is awful. But I'm actually a little bit sleepy after uh, spending four days at Unleash the Power Within in Sydney, so I need my kick. Um, And by the way, that was just incredible. I was so proud of my wife getting up there talking in front of 8,000 people. And my biggest takeaway for that event, I was so excited to have Cameron Langsford, our marketing guy there, and some couple of great friends, and my sister, And it was that I need to have more presence. A lot of people live in the past and they live by the story that they're telling themselves of things that have happened in the past. And that's sort of not a very empowering state to live in. And me, for myself and my sister and a lot of my family, we actually live in the future. So we're always on the go, 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 go. What's next? What's next? What next? And we don't take in and absorb and just be present in the moment. So my my big goal is to be more present. In the moment, and get off my phone, get off social media, especially when I'm with my family, because um, I'm always feeling like I need to be constantly working and um, be, you know, answering emails and be really attentive. But um, it takes away from the time I get to spend with my family and really being present and in the moment with them and just enjoying this little things. So that's actually something that I've definitely decided I need to work on. Um, anyway, I went a little bit off center there, so. Let's say other tips for race day prep. I would say oil, baby oil on all your shoulders. So your wetsuit glides and doesn't pull down on your shoulders um, and on your calves as well. I would say people need to pull their wetsuits up higher. I see a lot of low wetsuits around their calf, below their calf muscle. You want to be just below your calf muscle, just where your gastro finishes, because your feet should be out of the water, you guys, not under the water. And you see the Loretta Harrop's. She was an incredible swimmer. She was an Australian champion. Her and Jodie Swallow used to cut their cut their wetsuit below their calf muscle. I mean, watch what the pros do. Watch what the top swimmers do. I'm sure Lucy Charles has her wetsuit up pretty high, you know, below her calf, not on her ankles. And if they're too long, cut them. Your feet should be under the water. And you need that propulsion. Um, oil on the shoulders, um, and then Vaseline or some sort of glide goo whatever, around your neck to stop it chafing. But the oil on the shoulders is great because when you dive in, the wetsuit pulls down and it will get stuck sometimes on your skin. So the baby oil is a big, big one. I love that. Plastic bag over your hands to get your wetsuit on and feet to get your wetsuit on. And then the biggest thing, I, Siri calls it a camel toe, excuse me, for all those guys out there, women know what we're talking about, but wedgie yourself. In Australia, a wedgie means pulling the wetsuit way up into your crutch, where it's actually gathered and has wrinkles on both sides. So you want like a little bit of layers up in your um, crutch area, in your hip flexor area, Have it gathered a little, have it pulled up a little more than normal and a huge leg wedgie, bring it right up as tight as you can into your crutch area. And the same here, have it a little gathered here and a little gathered here, so that when you do dive in, it's not pulling. I would always have a little bit of water in my top a little bit of water in there a little bit in my arms just a tiny bit to get it on do a really good warm up then pull it down again get those um gatherers in the shoulders and the criteria keep pulling it right up get it up above your calf don't worry about your number chip it's more important to get it up so your feet are under the water so that's my big tips um goggles use like a little bit of uh, liquid detergent to create a little bit of a layer so they don't fog up um, i used to always turn them inside out so they don't fog um, what else? Saliva does it okay, but I think that the, when it has, you always want new goggles so there's that layer so they don't fog. It's really hard um, with goggles that fog to see. Um, what else? Good warm up for sure. If you don't have uh, a warm up for the swim, if they don't allow it, get the cords out and just doing this. Any sort of movement with your arms, because the blood needs to be in your arms, guys, because we start with the swim. And then getting out of the swim, you want to add the legs in, kick, kick, kick to get the blood flow into the legs, or you'll get out and you'll be wobbly as jelly. Um, onto the bike transitions. I always say breathe deep. I used to get anxious and I didn't really realize I was doing it till Siri told me one day is that I started to panic and really accelerate my breathing for no reason other than that I was nervous. So I'd be like, ha, 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 and I'd be uh, over-breathing. So just think about really calm, big, deep breaths is all you need to focus on in transition. Everything's set up. Um, have your nutrition for out of the swim your however many one gram per cup per kilo body per hour straight out of the swim as much as you can get in with that liquid um, and let it digest for the first 20 minutes on the bike get that in straight away don't forget now jenny was actually a national swimmer she was amazing i believe jen correct me if i'm wrong you a state champion breaststroker maybe even very good well ranked in nationals too but uh, wait was it breaststroke or backstroke i'm pretty sure it was breaststroke so she was an amazing swimmer jenny man used to kick my butt Um, She's saying baby shampoo is good for foggy goggles. There you go, baby shampoo, there you go, guys. Get that on your goggles, coat it. Um, Let us know how that works, Jen. Um, Do you keep it in there and then rinse it out or what do you do? And I also wanna know why you swimmers keep your goggles in the fridge. Does that make them last longer? I had a friend, Kelly Bird, used to keep her, (laughs) used to keep her goggles in the fridge um well jen you're the only one asking questions this is awesome i absolutely love it but you guys she was my hero she used to kick my butt out of the water in every single aquaphone thank god i used to get her in the run sometimes but watch this space because i think she's going to do very very well uh now she's making a comeback in the sport of triathlon jen also made a couple australian teams with me too so she was not too shabby at all anyone who could make an australian junior team back in the day was a bloody good athlete because it was so competitive um Okay, so there are my tips. I think getting the wetsuit off. Try to be doing your helmet, putting your helmet on at the same time you're getting your wetsuit off. And I would pull it right down to your waist all the way down to your knees, and then step on it and pulling your feet out as you're doing your helmet up. People sometimes sit down and take it off. It shouldn't be that hard. And if you've got it cut below your calf muscle, you can get it off way quicker. So I'd be doing that. I'd be running out of the water, unzipping it and pulling it down to your waist as you're running. And then as you get into transition, pull it right down to below your knees, stomp on it as you're putting your helmet on. Okie dokie, I'm thinking for the run now, fresh socks for the bike and the run, great tips. Um, I always also use body glide on my feet under my socks and sometimes Vaseline so that my foot would not get blisters. And the run goo on your feet under your sock actually helps a lot. So you can whack a bit of that on, put your clean, fresh socks on and your shoes on and same clean socks for the bike, clean socks for the run, visor, whatever else you need. Um, Yep. I think that's Probably about it for now I can't think of anything more if you have any more questions please let me know but the last thing I would say would be celebrate the finish line I remember I used to run through the first few races and not be celebrating like you've just done a freaking half Ironman or even an Ironman. You're an Ironman. Mike Riley announcing you are an Ironman is the most incredible feeling ever. So take it in. Like take that finish line in. High five everyone. Thank the volunteers. Thank the people around you. And of course, thank your family. I always try and point to my family at the races because you could not be there without them. So I think that's about all you guys Um, I just heard our door go up. my beautiful nieces are home so I just wanted to say goodbye for now any more questions you guys you can always put them in our Facebook group we're happy to answer anytime we love that we love you guys and thank you Jenny man for tuning in over and out you guys bye hey there Cam here again thanks so much for listening if you want to join these chats live or ask questions uh, you can join Team Sirius Tri Club by going to www.teamserioustriclub.com.